Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. Hello, I'm Daniel. The title of this talk is Training in Equanimity. Training in Equanimity. So I'd like to start with a quote from Boundless Heart by Christina Feldman. Here it is. Equanimity is understanding what it means to stand in the midst of all experience with unshakable balance, to be responsive yet unbroken. Equanimity is that quality of mind that helps us keep it together when things get hard. Our ability to weather the storms of life and to not fall apart. It's what stops you from freaking out and falling to the floor when there are setbacks in life. We've all been kicked in the heart. We've all experienced setbacks. Cultivating equanimity helps us to deal with the pain in life that's inevitable. It helps us keep an even mind both when things are going very badly and when things are going really well. Those are the two areas where we tend to sometimes make bad decisions. If things are going really badly, we make bad decisions. And when things are going really well, we make bad decisions too. So in the sense we're using here, equanimity is an attitude more than it is a virtue. An attitude more than it is a virtue. We want to come from a place of equanimity. We want to come from a place of even-mindedness. When things go wrong, we want to learn how to stop thinking, why is this happening to me? And instead, learn how to think, right now it's like this, what can I do? Right now it's like this, what can I do? This is not easy. We have to really start paying attention. Where we struggle with keeping it together is where our work is. What can we do for ourselves? So uh, in this book that I read from earlier, Boundless Heart, the meditation teacher, Christina Feldman, goes on to say, The path of equanimity asks us to question whether it is the events and changing conditions of our lives that shatter our hearts or our reactions to them. This is not to say we should victim blame. I want to be very clear about that. I think we've all had the situation in life where we just get caught up in what's happening and we make our situation worse. I think we've all had that. I'll tell you a quick story, and I've told this before. This one time I was going to my car and I noticed my tire was getting flat. So I went to Quick Trip and I put air in it. They have free air. And it had a slow leak. So a few hours later, I had to put air in it again. It was slowly getting flatter and flatter. Now, this made me immediately start to worry and panic. So I was on my way to this store called Discount Tire. And while I was on my way, I started telling myself stories and making, making my own experience worse, really. I started thinking, oh, I'll have to get a new tire. Ah, oh, it'll be expensive. And I wondered if the store would even have the tire I needed or if they'd have to order it, right? It could be days. And I wondered if this would take a long time and if I'd miss a lot of work. And how was I going to get the kids to and from school? All that story was really stressing me out. And then I got there, and within a half hour, they had patched my tire and sent me on my way. 
And that's where I bought my tires. So they patched my tire for free. So I was telling myself all these things that would happen. And I was really making things worse for myself. I made myself a lot more upset than I needed to be. And that is sometimes we call that the second arrow. When you make things worse, the initial suffering happens and then you make it worse. Sometimes that's called the second arrow. Uh, the first arrow is my tire getting flattened. The second arrow is me obsessing about it, okay? It would have been much better for me if I had just thought, right now it's like this. My tire's leaking. What can I do? What can I do? And I was doing what I could do. So if I had handled that incident with some equanimity, I would have had a better experience that day. Right now it's like this. What can I do? That was the attitude I should have had. In his book, A Fearless Heart, Thuptinjimpa, PhD, describes equanimity as staying calm no matter what life throws at us. Pleasure and pain, likes and dislikes, praise and blame, fame and disrepute. That's a hard word, disrepute. And it lets us relate to everyone as human beings beyond the categories of friend, foe, or stranger. With equanimity, we are free from the habitual forces of expectation and apprehension that make us vulnerable to over-excitation and disappointment. So the, those pairs he listed are called the eight worldly concerns. Sometimes they're called the eight worldly wins. They're called that because they sort of blow us around in life. Something, sometimes with a lot of force and sometimes with only a little. So two of these are directly related to other people. And the thing about that is this. If you care about whether other people praise you, then you're giving too much of your power to other people. If you care about whether other people praise you, then you're giving too much of your power to other people. Doing things to seek praise doesn't serve us very well. Too often, we allow our well-being to be dictated by the whims of another person or other people. Those other ones are about how we interpret the world. If we can remind ourselves that pleasure and pain are temporary, that helps us stop being so obsessed with them, I hope. This too shall pass, you know? If we can remind ourselves that our preferences, our likes and dislikes, aren't that important in the scheme of things, if we can learn how not to cling so tightly to our preferences, if we can learn how to not feel like we have to have opinions about everything, strong opinions even, then we'll be in a better situation. We'll be in a better situation. I'm thinking about my kids, how if they don't like a food, there's nothing you can do to convince them. There's nothing you can do. They don't like it. They're telling that story about not liking this food. And we, we do still carry that as adults. We like to think we don't, but we do. So uh, here is what the Buddha said about the worldly concerns in a text called the Loka Vipati Sutta. The Buddha said, when gain, loss, fame, disrepute, blame, praise, pleasure, or pain arise for an ordinary person, they do not reflect. Gain has arisen for me. It is inconstant and subject to change. He or she does not discern it as it actually is. He welcomes the gain and rebels against the loss. He or she welcomes the fame and rebels against the disrepute. He welcomes the praise and rebels against the blame. He welcomes the pleasure and rebels against the pain. 
The point is, it's all impermanence, and you can't take any of it with you. Understanding impermanence helps us to let things go. Christina Feldman went on to say, Reflecting deeply upon the truth of impermanence reveals a kinder way of being in this world with all things and all people. Life is too fleeting to be spent in conflict and argument. Reflecting deeply upon the truth of our own mortality, we find an urgency to live a meaningful, caring, and compassionate life. Absorbing the reality of impermanence focuses our mind on what is truly valuable in this uncertain and changing life. Impermanence, held at the forefront of our consciousness, has the potential to guide us to a life of integrity, appreciation, care, and wakefulness. I'm reminded of that song, Live Like You Were Dying. I like to say that sometimes life feels like we're stuck in a burning building with other people and we're just arguing about the furniture instead of trying to get out. We're all connected, we're all in this messy life together, and we're all facing many of the same things. We know that lack of compassion puts us at odds with other people. Lack of equanimity does that too. It is very clear that when we are lacking in equanimity, we have a habit of thinking everything is about us. And thinking everything is about us can cause us to have certain expectations of the world. And those expectations can make us miserable. So an attitude of equanimity helps us find happiness in life, or at least to avoid feeling quite so torn up when things don't go the way we want them to. That's it for today. Thank you and have a good day. I hope this talk has been helpful. Thank you for listening and have a good day.